This morning, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. If you would, please stand as we read God's word. Luke 5, 17 through 26. Forgiven and healed. One day he was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins? He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They, they were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Pray that you anoint it this morning. That we would receive from you the fact that forgiveness is so much greater than healing. And Lord, the greatest miracle that we can experience is forgiveness. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The story we read this morning is a story about some real friends. They're in their faith, they bring their friend to see Jesus. They bring him to Jesus in the hopes that he would be healed. This week I read about two other friends who were out hunting in the northern U.S. territory, and suddenly one yelled at the other, look, and towards them, coming towards them was a grizzly bear. It was charging at first, they were frantically getting ready to run. Then one stopped, and he put, started to lace up his tennis shoes anxiously. And the other friend said to him, he said, What are you doing? Don't you know that you, can out, that you cannot outrun a grizzly bear? He said, All I have to do is outrun you. With friends like that, who needs enemies, right? With, a friend, uh, with the friends that were with this man this day, we see a completely different story. We see friends who were so concerned about this man who was paralytic, they needed to bring him to Jesus because they all knew who Jesus was. Everybody in that town, Jesus had already been doing great miracles. There's some things to note in the story that we read, and I want to kind of go over them today because a lot of times we can fall into these same categories. It's always interesting when these stories that have such great messages or that have such powerful outcomes starts off with one day. Because if you think about the ministry of Jesus, there was a lot of one day. There was a lot of one days. Over and over and over. It said one day Jesus was doing this and this is what happened. This was just another day. And one of those days, 
Luke changes the roof to a tile because his readers would have not understood that. However, roofs in Capernaum would have been made of thatch. They would have been rafters that were covered over with branches and then sealed with a mud. A flat roof that was accessed on the outside surface, a place where people could relax in the cool of the evening. Many times, grass would grow on those roofs. They usually had a ladder or a staircase from the outside of the building that would go up on top. We, a lot of times, will see pictures of what it would look like, and I even, that's actually uh, the type of roof that would have been in that building. It's 18 by 18 foot square room, usually, in Capernaum. Can you imagine what it must have been like? The room was packed, 18 by 18. People were not able to get in. People were looking in from the outside through the window. And all of a sudden, pieces of wood, grass, and mud start falling into the room. I can imagine that people all of a sudden were saying, what's going on? You know, they were, it was starting to hit them in the head, and debris was coming in. And Jesus probably just looking up, hmm. And, all, and people were starting to get out of the room because of the falling debris, I would imagine. And then all of, all of a sudden we see a, the light break through and they peer in. They continue to open it up. And eventually it was big enough that they could lower their paralytic friend into the center of the room where Jesus was. The physical miracles that Jesus performed were very important. But the truth is this, that those miracles were a means to an end. Far more important than any physical healing was the spiritual healing that Jesus could provide. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he can do today as well. He's still able to provide physical healing, but greater than that is the fact that he's able to forgive us of our sins to save us. And Jesus sees us as a friend, and he wants to forgive us and heal us. There are several things to take note from the scripture that we read this morning. The first one is this, that friend's faith, the friend's faith that this man had. I want you to notice that the power of the Lord, it says, was present to heal. But guess what? Nobody was getting healed. That room was full of people, it was full of, it said, Pharisees that came from all over and teachers of the law. They wanted to come and hear what Jesus had to say. They had heard about the miracles. They had seen the things that he had done. They wanted to hear him teach. But it said that the power to heal was present. No one was being healed, however. Why? Maybe because there was no one that was sick inside the house. Maybe because the sick did not really believe that Jesus could heal them. Maybe because they didn't ask Jesus to heal them. Maybe they could not get in. And that's the case we see with the paralytic. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house and to lay him before Jesus, but they couldn't get in. It was packed. The door was blocked with people. The outside was blocked with people. Obviously, the windows were also blocked because they had to go up onto the roof. And if anyone needed a friend, the paralyzed man needed one. He was helpless and he depended on others to feed and to clothe him and to care for him. No rehab programs were available to him or experimental medical research programs. They were not available to this paralytic. This man was resigned to lie by the road and beg for money for the rest of his days. Day after day after day on a three by six mat, 
for as long as he would live. When they could not find a way in because of the crowd, they then went up on the roof and lowered him through a mat, through a hole in the middle of the roof. And right into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus, his friends were men of commitment. They had faith and believed that Jesus could heal, but they were also committed, you know, to go up on somebody's roof and tear a hole in it. If I was sitting in my home and somebody tore a hole in my roof, I'd be calling 911. I'd be having some police come out there and do something about that. They were risking a great deal by climbing up on the roof and digging a hole through it and lowering their friend. They were committed. There's a big difference between just involvement and a true commitment. Perhaps I can best explain this story or by this story. There was a chicken and a pig. The chicken thought it would be a good gesture for them to make a good breakfast for their friends of eggs and bacon. The pig quickly objected, however. He said, for you, it's just a donation, but for me, it's a total commitment. The paralytics, the paralytic had friends. They were men on a mission. Not only did they have great faith, but they were not going to stop at whatever was hindering them. They were going to follow through. His friends were also men of faith, and they were determined and desperate to get their friend to Jesus because there was power to heal him. They were willing to be inconvenienced, to be ridiculed, or even put in jail for the sake of their friend. Jesus' response is a very interesting one. However, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. It says that Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? He saw the faith of the four friends. What does faith look like? Can you see faith? Jesus could. He saw faith. Jesus can see your faith right here, right now. He knows how much you have. And according to Matthew 17, 20, he knows that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. It doesn't take much faith to move a mountain. You know why? Because you're not the one that moves it. God is the one that moves the mountain. God is the one that does it. It only takes a little bit of faith. Because our faith is in the one that can move the mountain. We look at our mountains and we think, I've got to move that. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. All we have to do is have faith in God. He's the one who has the power to move the mountain. These four men had the faith they needed. They simply used the faith that they had to bring their friend to Jesus. Jesus is the one who had the power to heal. The second thing to note is this, the friend's, the friend's forgiveness. He said, friend. He said, friend. Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven. He didn't heal him. <laughs> he said, your sins are forgiven. You see, Jesus knew the faith of the friends. The faith of the friends was to bring him there to be healed. But Jesus knew what this man had even more need of. He needed to be forgiven, not just healed. The action of Jesus demonstrates that Jesus puts a higher priority on the spiritual than on the physical and mental. The paralytic's spiritual problem was worse than his physical problem. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? You see, it would have been considered blasphemy because only God could forgive sin. What does that then mean? That Jesus was who? Uh, I know we're not teaching, I know I'm preaching, but... 
Who was Jesus then? If only God could forgive sin, who was Jesus? He was God. Two things to note. The assumption in Israel that if a person suffered a physical handicap, that person had brought the problem on themselves through sin. You see, that was the thinking of those Pharisees. Every one of those sitting in that room that had stayed in the room or had crowded back in after the man had been lowered in. When Jesus said, your sins have been forgiven... You see, people would have thought, those people in that room would have thought that that paralytic was in that condition because of his own sin. And so Jesus goes the higher or the most important route. He says, your sins are forgiven, friends. Calls him friend first, and then he says, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees say the truth, only God can forgive sin. So if Jesus forgives sin, he is and must be God. And Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Something also to think about that many only think that Jesus, for a few minutes a week, they think about him just at maybe prayer time, praying over a meal, or when they have a close call when they're driving, or only while they're in church. Jesus never has you out of his thoughts. You are always in there. You can't, get a, you can't get away from him thinking about you. It'll either make you rejoice or it'll make you want to hide in a closet somewhere. Right? Proof then would be in the power, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. You see, these Pharisees were there They had already questioned his ability to be able to forgive sin. He said only God can forgive sin. They were calling him, they were saying that he was blaspheming by saying that. So immediately he says, well, to prove to you that I am God, that I have the power to forgive sin, I will then say to him, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. This was the room of Pharisees. We have seen remarkable things today. There's a lot that we can learn from this particular miracle this morning. And if your needs aren't met, it's not because the power of Jesus isn't able to meet your needs. His power is always available to us. If you're living a defeated Christian life, it's not because the power of Jesus isn't able to give you victory in your life. If your faith is weak, it's not because the power of Jesus isn't able to strengthen you. If you don't have joy or peace, hope, and love that you need, it's not because Jesus doesn't have the power to give it to you. We must have faith to come to Jesus for the power that we need. And again, the Word of God says that the power of the Lord was present. It was always there in that room. The power of God was present in that room to heal. The power of God was present in that room to forgive sin as well. It still is. The power of God is in this room to heal. The power of God is in this room, whether you're watching us on Facebook, power of God's available in your room. It still is. As I conclude this morning, you can make a difference in a friend's life. Sometimes we forget about those friends. We think about 
what they did to get their friend to Jesus. That paralytic man could not get there on his own. Would not have been able to walk into the house that day. Would not have been able to receive forgiveness from Jesus that day if it hadn't have been for his friends. How many people do we have and know as our friends that don't know Jesus? They are sin sick. They may be physically sick. And the power of Jesus is available to them. The faith of a friend. What difference can you make? Think of the house of God as a place where the power is present. Do you have a friend, a friend that is lost, a friend that is sick? If you're saved and you know what Jesus can do for you, then you know he can also do it for your friend. You should be concerned enough for your friend that you would bring them to Jesus. Don't let any obstacles keep you away from the power of the Lord. What keeps us from doing that? I, we were, we were uh, I was on a high school campus one day. I'd been speaking to the Christian club on campus. And the bell rang for the end of lunch, and the teenagers were all going back to class. I was with one of my youth staff as we were walking out, and we were walking through just a, it was a sea of teenagers. We were walking towards the parking lot, and they were coming back into class. And so we were just kind of dodging teenagers all the way through. And after we kind of broke free a little bit, I, I said, turn around. And she turned around and we watched as all these teenagers were heading back to class. And I said, that's what it looks like. The throngs and the masses of people heading towards an eternity apart from God. As we walk through that crowd, they're going the opposite direction. That we are. Just, the Lord had just revealed to, that to me because the Bible says very clearly it said that narrow is the way that leads to heaven. Wide is the way to destruction. Many be there that find it. Few be there that find the road to eternity with the Lord. And that was a picture for me that particular day and how true it is in our lives. If you've been walking around this Christmas time, even though there's not supposed to be big crowds, Walmart and Costco is full of crowds. As you walk to try to dodge people and get through, how many people around us don't know Jesus? They are sin sick. How many around us are physically sick? And there is the power to heal. There is the power to save. There is the power to forgive sins. And we as friends, it's our responsibility to not let any obstacle stop us from bringing the message of Jesus Christ to them. Ask yourself this morning, is there any obstacle in your life that's keeping you from experiencing the power of Jesus? Surrender that obstacle to the Lord to receive his blessing. Jesus is the greatest friend that we can ever have. A British publication once offered a prize for the best definition of a friend. And among the thousands of answers received were the following. One who multiplies joy, divides grief, and whose honesty is trusted. Another read, one who understands our silence. Yet another, a watch that beats true for all of time and never runs down. And here was the winning definition. A friend is one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. I want to tell you something about the friend that you have in Jesus. 
you will never frustrate him. He will never be disappointed in you. And he loves you as a true friend, unconditionally. And I would say for anyone who hears that this morning, forgiveness and healing is available to us. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Pray that as we go out of here, Lord, that you would put on our heart those of us who know you as our Savior, those of us who walk in that kind of faith, Lord, that you would put on our heart those close to us, our friends, Lord, that we would be determined as these friends of this paralytic to bring those that we love and care for to you. For only you have the power to forgive and only you have the power to heal. And so, Lord, let us be faithful that you would look towards us and say, I see your faith. And that as a result of our faith, Lord, those that we bring to you would come to know you. First of all, as their Savior, those that we bring to you, Lord, would be healed spiritually and then physically. Lord, I pray that you would go with us this week and that you would challenge our hearts, Lord, to know that we are forgiven and healed. We praise you. We give you the glory for it all. Again, Lord, I ask that as we go into this week, that you would bless our country, that you would keep us, Lord, that you would draw us back to you, that we would understand and know the true purposes that we have in our life, which is to bring others to you. Let us be about the kingdom's work. We ask it all in Jesus' mighty name today. Amen. Amen. May the Lord go with you. We love you. God bless you. Have an awesome week.